the Color by Felix podcast. All right, everyone. Thank you for being here today. This is the Color by Felix podcast. Today we have amazing ga- guests. Sorry, <laughs> guests Emily and Mike. They're actually both artists and they're married, and uh, which is cool because you guys are the first artists that um, that are married that I know. So this is very interesting for me. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys and to see how you guys work together. You know, um, cool. so uh, thank you guys for being here. And thank you for having us. We're also excited yeah. to chat with you guys and inspired that you're a husband wife team as well in the arts. <laughs> and brother. And that's, that's, yeah, that's cool <laughs> to see the family. Yeah. <laughs> with that. So yeah, that's, that's very good. Yeah. And their uh, last name, Emily and Mike Fantuz from Canada, right? Yeah. From yes. Vancouver. <laughs> Oh yeah, sorry. I'm awesome. my apologies. <laughs> um, no so I, so I found found you, Emily, through Instagram through an art featuring page, and then not too long ago, I found out that you were married to you know Mike, and he was an artist too. And I looked at his page. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is cool. <laughs> you guys are doing like a, almost like a similar style, you know. And I was like, oh, that's very interesting. Um, so that's why I was like, you have to bring him in, you know, and we can talk together about this so i guess my first question is um how did you guys meet you know and uh, how did that journey begin for you guys that's a great question to start with um so i'm not canadian i'm american and i'm from michigan um and we met through instagram so oh, come on. How, how instagram can connect so many people um so at the time i was here in Vancouver and I was living in Michigan and we connected through our artwork. Um, We were both using the hashtag palette knife painting and found each other's art. That's Um, so cool. Yeah, it was like so (laughs) exciting. And so then we we started talking. But how did um, we, how did we actually meet though? That's the. Okay. I'll let you continue the story. No, no, you should. I think it's cool that you tell it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Who started? Who started the conversation? So Mike started. conversation and then we decided um so we talked about art and you then... have to say what i said because <laughs> <laughs> she posted this awesome picture of herself she was painting in her grandmother's barn and it was this picture of her painting and it was like the most striking picture and i like we had been following each other but not really communicating and uh this this amazing He's like, you are a goddess. Painting goddess. Nice. Okay. Well, that now everyone knows what they need to do. Yeah. If- there's the line yeah. for all you single people out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Have a hashtag and make sure you follow it religiously. So. <laughs> yeah. But it was the, the basically that was the spark for our conversation for weeks and uh yeah and then we we just decided to to meet uh, in person and um so we booked some flights and met and um not long after that I I moved out to Vancouver (laughs) wow that's so cool and (laughs) that yeah that's actually very cool like how like social media can bring us together like this um and for you guys it's you know that that's awesome that's a very unique story so how did like were you guys in painting in a similar style at that time is that how you guys connected or how did that happen 
Yes and no. So we were both working with palette knives. Mike has been a little more, I guess, like consistent in his style and body of work. Um, at the time I was kind of going through different experimental phases with my work, but it was with palette knives. Um, so that's really, I guess, how it's. Yeah, because yeah. my, my work at the time was more like representational, mm -hmm. landscape representational. Emily was like experimenting a lot with abstract yeah. uh, work. And so it was really interesting how we both started off. My work was focusing around another part of Canada called Newfoundland. Uh, that's where at the time a lot of my work was focusing. And, and uh, so it was more like sparsely settled community type of work and uh it's gradually like we've had a real impact on each other's work and like what ideas we're exploring from different perspectives and uh like we're we're using i would say probably a similar like base subject matter of the city uh but we're attacking it kind of from our own unique perspectives mm. Yeah. So I was going to ask, did you what? Cause I, I saw that you both are doing cityscapes. Um, did that start after your relationship or were you both already exploring that subject matter? I, I was already, but it was more abstracted. And then I have um, kind of slowly slash quickly progressed into realism. Um, so mm -hmm. Yeah, for a while I was doing more abstracted cities and then I it even became unrecognizable. Um, and then since moving here to Vancouver, it's kind of developed and, and progressed to be more realistic and more representational. Mm. Yeah, but That's and, cool. Yeah. And then yeah, Mike, like he was saying he his work was because he used to live in eastern Canada. So the cities there are like a lot smaller. So it was mm. more representational of those areas. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I'm interested to hear, like, did you guys go to art school or you're more self-taught or how did you guys learn about painting? So um, now, no art school. Um, so for me, I studied teaching and I spent some time um, doing that. And in the community I was living, I lived in a very art, basically in that little artsy kind of town in Kauai and oh, cool. yeah, it was really fun and when I was there I was really really lucky that I met some artists who kind of invited me to do some painting with them and that kind of got I guess got me started or um, it was something I was always interested in and kind of experimented with but that's where I feel like I kind of first started and I actually met an artist there who was working with palette knives. And that was the first time I was really aware of working with that tool. Um, and I was really interested and excited about that. So I started, I started there. And since then, we've taken a few classes together, um, which, have, which were really good. We yeah. took a, so where we live, there's a, an art school called Emily Carr. Mm -hmm. And we did a color theory there and like a composition class. And that was really helpful. And we've also done like the sculpture classes yeah, and, and photography, photography. And, yeah. You know, but we don't have like a formal yeah. program. <laughs> yeah. Didn't yeah. do a formal. I didn't do any formal. That's cool. Class. 
So would you say that just diving in like that in your early career was more beneficial than getting like a structured education or mm-hmm. like I, just doing it? I, I, I don't know if it would have been more beneficial to have gone to art school, but I think yeah. like from my, my perspective, I, I really enjoyed just uh, experimenting and exploring and kind of like diving into art history and art lessons on my own kind of like what was interesting to me and what I found to be cool and connecting with people that, you know, I could get something out of. So um, I, I don't know when I think about going to art school, I think I probably wouldn't have been very good at that. Um, (laughs) Honestly, (laughs) I, I, I just, you know, like I've seen, um, you know, some people that have gone to a very structured university degree program for art and to it didn't seem like something that I would do well at. Mm-hmm. My personality is not good for that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the similar story is yours, right, Felix? Because you didn't really have much of a formal art education. Yeah. Yeah. I would say similar, similar situation. Like I... I didn't really study specifically like I took like some art and design classes um, and just did some of that. But like really um, uh, I just practice at home and experimenting at home and similar situation. And, and, and uh, I think it's just that when you get home after an art class, you're, you feel actually you're more free to, to paint and do whatever you want. So nobody's like (laughs) watching you, you know, how a teacher walks by and like looks at your work, you know, and, (laughs) and, but in your room, you're like, you're on your own, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I think that's one of the funny things about, I guess it's ironic is that for my own experience, going to an art school where I might be graded and judged and I don't know if I pass or fail, I, th- I think like, I think about that perspective versus, you know, I think you were talking in one of your other uh, interviews about, or podcast, sorry, about how, you know, the, how important it is to put your work out there and to have people enjoy it and experience it and grow with it and learn from it. And I feel like earlier on in my uh, art career, art making career, earlier days of the internet, wetcanvas.com uh, was a website that was quite popular. And I remember putting some paintings onto this, like this is like 15 plus years ago and getting critiques and feedback and just like little bits that would help. And I would take that and go and kind of adapt and adjust and, and then kind of just keep growing. So I felt like I was, I was, I felt more comfortable at the pace of growth that was custom to me as opposed to like, you know, having to go to an art school for like five months and, and be within that, you know, defined period of time. And that would be stressful for me. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, cool. Yeah. And I, and you, so you're saying too, that just like the feedback process is so much faster, I guess, when you're putting something online. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that seems really cool is like, mm. I've experienced that a little bit myself too, is like um, you put something out there you get criticism, whether helpful, you know, mm. and kind criticism, or sometimes just rough criticism. But either way, I think it's like it helps to kind yeah. of. I think it's really important also to like always be open minded to some other perspective. You know, mm. I think it can become a bit of a trap in, in for myself where 
you know, if I'm doing something uh, very methodical and I kind of, I think to myself, well, this is the right way to do it. If I close myself off to somebody uh, giving me some kind of reinforcement or feedback, I can learn a lot that way, you know, and, and I think by continuing to share uh, publicly your work and the process, you can be exposed to different ideas that can help you mm-hmm. and you can choose what to, what to take and what to not take. You mm-hmm. know? And so how, that's brings to the next question that I wanted to ask you guys, how'd you guys start, uh, on, when did you guys start on Instagram and when or, or or social media? Are you guys only on Instagram? And, you know, like, how did that journey start with uh, um, the art online? And, and did you guys, uh, are you guys doing this full time together now? So starting on Instagram or whatever, or social media in general, I think it was pretty early on. Like, I want to say maybe 2000. 2013 um yeah and and then I'm also we're both also on Facebook like a Facebook page for our art and we just started the TikTok thing (laughs) recently like within the past month um yeah yeah it was definitely 2013 I think was my first post on Instagram and at the time, I don't feel like I really knew totally what it was. Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know what the potential no. was. Yeah, that's like when it yeah. just like started. Yeah, it was very new. Wow. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah, it just, you know, not really fully appreciating the power of connection that existed on it um, until more recently. Yeah. So you guys recently just started sharing, like focusing more on art or like when did you guys are you and also are you doing it full-time as like you both of you guys or how is how's that going for you guys so we can well I'll kind of speak for both of us in the first part of the question so we consider ourselves full-time artists because we put in full-time work um yeah we also have other other things we're doing so I um I teach part-time and then Mike has other work that is really influential into, into his art. So I'll let you talk about that. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually uh, like I do consider my art full time because it's kind of my you know very passionate, time consuming, mind consuming activity. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in my other time, I'm an air traffic controller. Whoa! Cool. Wow, that's actually very inspiring. Like you guys are hard workers because like looking at your work so and these are big paintings we're talking here and like so much detail i feel like it takes hours and hours to do this you know mm-hmm. you have to have so much patience and then to have the, i like i would i'm looking at you guys it looks like you guys are doing this day and night you know <laughs> pretty much are like um yeah it's um all of our time is thank you for saying that, that. Yeah, yeah we do appreciate that that's thank nice you. yeah yeah. And and also, how long actually does a piece with with for each of you guys? How long will it take to start and finish? I would say for me, it takes about a month um, wow. ish, like wow. on average. So it depends on the size and whatnot. But for me, I've gotten into more photorealism, and those pieces have more like I spend more time on the details. So a few years ago, my work was a little more 
a little like, I guess, what was the word? Like a little looser, a little less um, uh, realistic. Mm -hmm. So I was working faster and originally working with palette knives, I liked working faster. That was one of the reasons I liked the tool to begin with. Mm -hmm. So it's been kind of a strange shift to Mm -hmm. go from like wanting a faster, looser way of painting to now enjoying um, a slower process and a more detailed process. Mm -hmm. So that's been, that's been different. Um, But yeah, so about a month. Mm -hmm. And (laughs) and actually that brings up something that I wanted to ask um, when you first mentioned it is that you transition from more abstract to realism. It seems like in the art world, typically artists go the other way. You know, like if you look at maybe Picasso or something, you know, I'm not super knowledgeable about art history, but it just seems like, um, like Felix even, for example, has kind of made this journey from realism to more abstract. And so I was just not that either way is right or wrong, but just like out of curiosity, what was it that drew you towards more realism? Um, I think I, a few things like one, I feel like really in awe and inspired by some of the high realist painters. Mm-hmm. Um, so for example, Richard Estes is an artist I really admire. And I, I was listening to something about him. There's like a little documentary and somebody was in the documentary was saying like, you know, whether this is the type of art you, you like or whatever you think of it, you look at it and you're going to say like, wow, like you, you just can't not be impressed by this unbelievable realism that somebody can make. Um, so I guess it was kind of like, I was just feeling inspired by seeing these, these artists. Um, and then I think I also started to grow in my confidence and also starting to see really the, um, the growth when you put in the hours. So I think mm. looking back, however many years, you know, I don't think I would have even entertained this direction because it would have felt unattainable. Mm. Uh, but I, you know, I do spend all of my time basically painting when I'm able to. And then I think the pandemic really actually helped me grow in my art career because that, I guess, like you're kind of forced out of certain distractions that, that were there before. Um, so I was seeing my work grow and I was seeing this becoming like, something I could do. And, um, I don't know if I'm being clear or not, but (laughs) yeah. Yeah. Yeah, It it sounds like you really appreciate or like the craft of it, you know, and like, Mm -hmm. like almost like maybe, uh, again, not something I actually do, but like carpentry or something where it's like a skill that is honed over time and becomes more precise. And it's like through that detail and repetition. Yeah. And I like that it takes a long time and it, you have to work really hard at it for like, there's just no shortcuts. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah, I, the challenge, I guess I enjoy the challenge. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like like when I look at Emily's uh, work, as I've known her over the last, you know, six years changing in your style, it's like, it's like this dedication to like a very precise, mixing of color and shape and form and it's 
got its own abstract elements to it mm-hmm. as well uh, when when you're Close. observing it in person. And mm. I think because of the scale of the work, um, when you're standing in front of one of Emily's paintings, especially the the elements of abstraction are really quite pronounced. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like I can still see the element of abstraction in her work and and but just seeing now it's like it's 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 taken on this like precision element it's quite interesting Mm. so what would you guys say the difference between you guys like Mm, both of you i'm 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 not as patient uh emily is like so patient she's very like like i I'm sorry, I shouldn't oh. be speaking, but, but I, like, I'm, I'm very, um, like, I expect to have a result relatively quickly. And <laughs> if I'm not happy with that result, I will tend to just like force it and then keep moving mm-hmm. uh, as opposed to like perfecting it. Yeah. And Emily, I have observed to be like, she will work through it until mm-hmm. it's like where she needs it to be before moving forward, which is mm-hmm. something I strive for, but I am not able to uh, mm-hmm. achieve just yet. And do you guys work together in the studio? Do you guys like, and you guys critique each other's work? Do you guys do that? How's that going for you guys? <laughs> um, well, well, back to one more difference I want to say, and then we'll get okay. to that. So yeah. I feel like we also have different strengths and, Mike, for example, is really excellent at his composition. He's an excellent photographer, and he can just see angles and perspectives that like I don't even think of. Um, so like our work, we use reference photography. So we do that together. And, and Mike always has really awesome ideas. And um, he's not afraid to stand in the middle of the street. And I'm like panicking <laughs> watching this. Um, so, and then, and then with like the actual painting process, one of my strengths is the color mixing and um, really seeing color. And so we kind of, I think we can each, we take our strengths and we use them to help each other. Um, but so as far as actually painting in the studio, so we, we just paint next to each other and we, um, I guess like we don't like necessarily critique each other per se, but we're always in communication um, and asking for feedback or talking things through together. I'll, I'll always like have an area where I'm like, what is this color? I don't <laughs> even know what color this is that I'm trying to like mix here. And Emily will come over and she'll put <laughs> oh, something so cool. on my palette and she'll go, this is what you need to do. And I'm like, okay, what was that? Was that like, Okay, it was alizarin permanent and like a little bit of yellow ochre and so it's like that's the kind of stuff that we're experiencing in our uh, mm-hmm. and, and i'll look at her work and i'll be like you know i think that line might need to be a little bit more like this and yeah. mm-hmm. so those are yeah, exactly speaking to your that's story. awesome that's the beauty of marriage we feel really lucky like yeah. we also feel like for our art growth like we're just so lucky to be able to share the studio and Mm. and have that constant communication Mm -hmm. um sometimes we talk about how hard it would be to be just like you know totally isolated or independent and not have that um somebody else's eyes and the ability to talk anything through so Mm. yeah that's cool definitely because i think art like visual art is inherently a very 
lonely pursuit. So that's like a really cool change up to that. I was actually talking to somebody just yesterday. I was talking to my dad, who's a <laughs> news photographer. And I was saying that he picked like the social art form, you know, like I think <laughs> f- photographers and comedians are like the two artists yeah. that are like on that end of the spectrum. And then on the other end, you have like novelists and painters mm-hmm. yeah. who have to like work in isolation. But I think that's so cool that you guys kind of found a hack in the system. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it seems like with you two, Andrea and Felix, like your complimentary marriage, like your skills in your marriage are complementing each other so well. And, and like you're bringing out this inspiration in one another, it seems like it feeds like yourself as well as it feeds the other. Is yeah. that, do you feel like that's accurate? Yeah, totally. A hundred percent. It's, it literally changed everything because like we, we're so different, you know, that's why I'm like curious to see how you guys work because you guys are both artists and mm-hmm. creatives. Andrea, she's not, she's a creative in a different way in the, in the business side of things. She's, she has cool ideas. She'll, you know, share when I'm painting. And like, we, we also talk in the evenings or in the mornings before getting into work um, about our ideas. And and like, we're different in that way, but it just, I feel like it helped us um, like improve so much with my art because she will critique my work in a good way, you know, but yeah. she'll tell me if she doesn't like something, she'll tell me, Even she's like, ah. I'm not an artist. <laughs> she'll tell me, she's like, this one, I don't feel it. You have to do something there. And I'm like, oh, okay, fine. You know, I'll think about it. And then I'm like, sometimes I'll say like, all right, like I, th- I have to believe in it. I have to know, babe, I believe this is finished. You know, this is done. And she's like, mm, I don't know. I, I'm not really happy with it. And then I'm like, no, it's done. It's done. And then a few days later, I'm like mm, looking at it. Oh, maybe, maybe I should change it. You know? <laughs> yeah. Things like that, which, yeah. which I love, which I love to not have. All the time, not all the time. Not all the time. Well, that's something I want to get all your perspective on actually, is that uh, when is a work done? Because especially with, you know, people working on the scale that you two are, it's like, how do you know, when can you walk away from it? And is it ever really done? I feel like I'm like really cut and dry and easy about that personally. I actually am. I actually <laughs> yeah. Too, yeah. Um, uh. I think it's partly the way we both paint is like a wet on wet approach. So we don't um, like, so the layers are going on on the wet paint so it's not we're not coming back to sections or letting anything dry or anything like that um and then I think with the texture of the palette knives that makes it especially difficult if you wanted to come back so it's basically while it's wet is the time to do it and if it's going to be changed it needs to happen before it dries Mm. Um, and both of us are like, we spend a lot of time planning our work. So we really have a clear plan of it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. like before we even start. Yeah. So I guess that would work out any, anything, um, maybe earlier on in the process. Yeah. So, yeah, I would say mine's pretty much the same is that it's done when all the <laughs> canvas is covered and that's, that's pretty much it because I like Emily said it's the process has been such that like the planning the you know the deciding of colors and composition and contrast all of these decisions have been a lot for largely for me have been made prior to even starting the painting Mm -hmm. um and as as the painting progresses like I spend so much time 
standing back and looking at it so I can make some micro changes along the way. Uh, but pretty much by the time the entire canvas is covered, it's done. And usually the next piece is already like in the pl like planning or in the planning stages where it just start the next one. And <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. So are you guys sh uh, showing your work in any galleries or just mainly online? Um, well, we both work with a gallery here in Vancouver called Ian Tan Gallery. We just did our first exhibition with them in the fall, which was really exciting. Um, and then we're with a gallery called River's Edge Gallery in Wyandotte, Michigan. And then St. John's, Newfoundland, yeah. Christina Parker Gallery that we exhibit at as well. Yeah. Um, nice. So we're hoping to, we're actually going back to Newfoundland in August and hoping to get some work together for something out there soon. Cool. Yeah, that's really cool. And yeah. how's, how's that? Did they reach out to you guys or you guys were looking for galleries? How did, how did you guys find them? Well, Ian Tan Gallery, guess where we met them. Yeah, guess, <laughs> guess where we met them, yeah. On Instagram? <laughs> At the gallery? Instagram, yeah, yeah uh, Instagram. literally on Instagram. <laughs> so they reached out on Instagram to us, so yeah. yeah. My, then, the first gallery I started working with in Newfoundland, I I had my sights on working with them. I, I was really inspired by the, the collection of artists that worked at this gallery and thought it was a really professional gallery to approach. So I approached them uh, and my very first time approaching them, she said, no, you're not ready. And, you know, you need to develop your, your work uh, more. So I spent more years developing and uh, growing and getting to a point that I thought it was professional enough. And I went to her again and she said, yeah, let's try it. So that was, that was the path with them. Mm, interesting that's and in, that's inspiring that, because yeah. it it shows that it's like you didn't give up after the mm -hmm. first no <laughs> yeah, yeah i i yeah to me the word no just means not right now mm. and it's like you know and and i actually am very grateful that at that moment in time she didn't take on my work because she was right. And uh, I did have growth that was necessary. And I had to, I think like, I think there's an element of rejection in the work that can be, you know, if you process it properly, can be quite beneficial. Mm -hmm. And uh, it, yeah, it's, it, it was good. It was a good thing. Very good thing. So what kind of role do you think that ego plays as an artist? Because I definitely know some artists where like ego trips them up, where if they'd gotten that similar no it would have been a big deal for them. They would have, you know, I don't know, acted out or given up or something like that, right? Because they couldn't handle being told they aren't ready or whatever. But then maybe I was thinking maybe it does play a little bit of a role because if you don't have a certain level of like, you know, self-belief, I guess, even before you have the skill, right? Then you're not going to keep going. So I don't know. What do you think? Is, is, there, is there a role for ego or should you take it entirely out of your art? I, don't, I guess I feel like when you say the word self-belief, like I do think it's important to be confident and to believe in, in yourself and your work. Um, and I think part of that is like, it's just kind of, it's like being, I don't know if ego is like the right word. It's, it's kind of like confidence that if you put in the hours, 
and you're mm-hmm. dedicated and consistent and committed. And, and I guess like, you know, somewhat self-critical or taking the time to evaluate what you're doing. Um, it's like, you should, you shouldn't, it's not like you should have an ego, but you should be confident. Cause it's like, well, of course, like it's, yeah. you know, you're putting in these hours and this hard work and there's going mm-hmm. to be a result of that. For, mm-hmm. I, I think that like in the beginning of an art career or any pursuit that you really have in life, it's important to have somewhat of a loose idea at the beginning of what your objective is with what it is that you're pursuing. And I mean, that is a really important element for my own work is that um, I, I think I've, from the beginning, I had a certain idea of what I wanted to do and what I wanted to achieve. Um, and that's of course changed over time and it's regularly changed. So uh, I've, I've witnessed in my own work, the impact that uh, the ego has had on like me thinking that, you know, either my work is not good enough or it's not, it's not meeting a standard for somebody else's perception and having to like try to get away from that really is a difficult thing and to uh, look at like, what is the ultimate objective of my, my own art career and my own work and, and try to try to detach a little bit from that ego. Mm -hmm. That's super interesting to hear about. Um, even when you were talking about like having a goal for your, um, your art career. And I think that, um, a lot of artists, I guess, maybe start with an idea, like you said, but then like, once you actually get on the journey, like it kind of changes a little bit. So, um, I guess like, if you guys are willing to share, like, do you have any, like, um, are you willing to share like any of the ways that your, your goals have changed, you know, um, from when you started? Definitely. Yeah, of course. Um, I'm like really happy to, I think it's really good. Like what you guys are doing with the podcast and the way that you have formatted in a way that's like, it's about artists helping sharing, you know, like, because information is so, so difficult sometimes to come by and, uh, there's no right or wrong answer, but, you know, hopefully you can connect to some information that's like inspiring to you. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, for, for me, uh, my, my art goals at the beginning were to have more of like, um, uh, a recognition from this might sound really personal, but it was at the beginning, it was like a family recognition of mm. my, my work. Like I, my grandfather was a professional artist oh. and, uh, so he passed away before I got to meet him, but he he's like very very legendary in my family so it's like he's like a big deal and so at the beginning it was like really important for me to feel like my family thought that I possessed uh like skills like my grandfather did so that so that I would have that like appreciation and like it was really important to get that kind of approval from my family in my Mm -hmm. art to to uh, tell me that what I was doing was good Mm -hmm. Um, but now I feel more like 
over time that's morphed into me. Okay, this, I hope I don't get too deep, but I'm, I'm very no, afraid of. We like to go deep. <laughs> yeah. Deep. Yeah, yeah, come on, please, let's hear please it. Please do. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so I, I'm very, I mean, I'm, I'm very afraid of like my own death in a lot of ways. And there's a lot of, uh, you know, things that I do mentally about processing the time that I've got here um, in this lifetime and the time that I have and how I spend it and how I spend it, what I pursue, and what I'm ultimately leaving behind. Mm. And I feel like that has had, you know, I have a very real interest in uh, archaeoanthropology, origins of humanity, civilization. I think all of these things are very fascinating, especially how humans, you know, interact with each other, the world, the planet. Um, and without going too, too deep, I, I just feel like that's been a lot about what my art is now is, 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 you know, me pursuing, working through, uh, what it is that I'm doing here and what my purpose is. Mm. Wow. That's so cool. <laughs> that really is, cool. It's that was like deep. such a different uh, answer than I thought, but that's what I think that question is very interesting because it's like it's going to be so different for each artist which is absolutely. amazing like every artist journey is so different yeah yeah, yeah absolutely well, and i think there always are these undercurrents to why each of us makes art you know and i think maybe a lot of people just haven't taken the time to articulate that you know but it's always there and mm. so it's it's cool that you're able to be honest and open about that stuff because mm -hmm. I think that everyone has some, some why or some reason beneath yeah. what, what you're seeing on the surface. And yeah. We had an interesting dialogue with, with a, a woman that we work with quite regularly. She does a lot of writing uh, for us. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was recently talking about the purpose of artists and what the ultimate purpose is of art in, in, in life. Like, are we holding up a mirror to, to society? Are we holding up a mirror to the world to say, this is who we are and this is what we are doing. And it was a really fascinating conversation. And we have these kinds of conversations almost all day. <laughs> that's <Every> so day. <laughs> cool. Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. You guys talk um, deep. <laughs> Well, awesome. can I can I offer my two cents on what I think art means? Because that's something that, I would I would love to hear all of your perspectives. Yeah, on. yeah. Because okay. I, I I think about that that a lot too. Is that like um, what's it called? I mean, I knew from a very early age that I had this kind of outsider thing. Like it just you know, as a kid, you're like I felt like an observer rather than a participant. You know, mm -hmm. and it was like at the time it was painful, but then as you grow older, you learn that that's kind of like your superpower, that observational thing, you know, I think that that's what's like exists beneath the skills, like the skills were learned. Right. Yeah. But what I was born with was that observational knack yeah. and that kind of outsider status. And so I think that, um, and I'm a writer. So I think particularly as a writer, that's important to have. Yeah. And, um, but what I was thinking is that like, as artists, we're here to like recreate so like I find myself slipping into like modern concerns 
on an almost daily basis, right? Like, you know, where's my money going to come from? You know, how do I set up that doctor's appointment, whatever, right? All the things that accumulate in our lives, you know, that we have to deal with and life can be very complex these days. Right. But like last night, for example, I was listening to some old, like, you know, garage rock album from like the strokes era, you know, that like in like the early two thousands and that music just always really hit with me. And, um, something about it is just very peppy and it kind of matches the pace of my mind or something. And, um, I was listening to it while I brushed my teeth and I got this wave of like rapture, you know, I think it was like the Arctic monkeys or something. And they're just singing about like getting drunk in a pub in in England and like hitting on girls. Right. But like, there's something about that, that like, it took me right back to every other time I've heard that song. It took me back to like a different time in my life. It just felt and it emotionally resonated. Right. And so, and it was so interesting because at that moment I was like, it was like 9 PM, but I'm like, I want to make some music right now. I want to send some stuff to my musician friends. I want to collaborate, make some songs. It was like this huge cosmic energy came into me and I was like ready to go. And it was like 9 PM and I was brushing my teeth. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I had spent that whole day caring about money and stress and problems and all that stuff. Right. And it was so amazing to me how that switch can be flipped. And so I was thinking about as you were talking, it's like that to me is kind of the purpose of art is to flip that switch and get us back in touch with that feeling that we all have, whether you're an artist or not, you know, Mm -hmm. where you feel that connection. Mm -hmm. And I think that like, I'm not saying this is the answer of what art means, but this is what it means to me is like, it's like, I want to be reminded. I want to have that switch flipped as much as possible in my life. And it's so crazy how easy it is to forget that, that yeah. zone, you know, and get back into the daily concerns. Yeah. yeah. And so I think that's, that's my two cents right there. That's, that's, cool. that's Love great. It. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. That's, I like that a lot. That's yeah. really interesting. That's kind of like the idea Thanks. of, like how you said, like you can learn the skills, but then there's this, kind of more intuitive mindset or the way you look at things or the way you observe things that then you can bring that through, through the skills that you're learning and and whatnot. Yeah, definitely. What's interesting is uh, one of the things I'm I'm sure I'll just be real quick. Like one of the things that uh, I mentioned to this writer lady that we're speaking about was that I felt like art was uh, a way because what my, my, conversation point in, the, in in this discussion was that one of the real challenges of of like human consciousness is that we're alone with it everybody is alone mm-hmm. with their own consciousness with their own ideas with their own thoughts and it's so difficult sometimes to be in that position where you need affirmation or you need confirmation or you need a connection and i feel like in art making it's timeless. It can be, you know, you can look at pieces that are thousands and thousands of years old and you can instantly be in this position where you can connect to that person through that piece of art. And that is a a language that is universal all around the world. You don't have to be speaking any specific language. You can see this and you can feel something. And Mm -hmm. that is that is a tremendous power in in art making is to have that ability to connect without speaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 
Totally. Well, I'm jazzed up now hearing that. Yeah. It reminds me of of this thing earlier when you said thousands of years, it reminds me of this like recent discovery they made of some like Finnish kid in the dark ages who was like doing his homework. Right. And so it was like, they found his homework. It had like somehow fossilized in the mud or something. And he was like etching in a like tablet or something. And he was literally, it was like basically a middle school kid but in like, you know, medieval peasant times, society had regressed. But this kid was still like talking. He said something about how his teacher was like boring and he had like a doodle of him as like a soldier. Right? It was like it was like him, like all buff, like his dreams of like growing up to be a soldier. And this is like some 12 year old kid and, you know, farming in the mud in Finland. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing. It's crazy how like every person has a unique, you know, character. And we were talking about this with my sister-in-law, like how me and her, we connect, like we're like friends, you know, super close. We, we do, we have similar like kind of tastes and everything. And I'm thinking we're not even, you know, sister and brother, like from blood, you know, we're so far away, but I feel like I'm more like, I feel like she's more my sister than, my actual sister, you know? So it's like, it's interesting. Like, and when we, when we create daughter, art, like w- what you were saying, <laughs> what you were saying, like about like when you paint art, somebody out in the world will look at it and feel, uh, feel it, you know? And, and that, and you, you have that connection, like, like a brother or sister in a way, you know, like yeah. somebody that feels that like yeah. thing that you were feeling and they're like oh wow that's it this is it this is cool you know yeah. um do you, have you guys had any 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 anyone that like come to your guys's art and say you know share something that they felt or reminded them anything in like any interesting story i have a, yeah. a really good story um kind of well I don't know. I'll just tell you the story. So I had posted a painting and in the painting, there was this relatively prominent couple um, walking, they're walking away. Um, And I posted this on the Canada forum of Reddit. I don't really use Reddit very often. And I don't really post on that often. Long story short, um, got like a lot of really nice interest, um, but I got this message and these people are like, uh, I'm pretty sure that that is me and my boyfriend. Whoa. <laughs> no like, way. And wow. I was like, so um, we did some like kind of, I don't know, trying to figure out, okay, could this be you? Cause they live in Toronto. So it, and we do believe it was them. So they had actually taken a trip to Vancouver and they were in that area. And we estimated that I would have been doing reference photos in that time frame. Um, so, so that was like really cool to, to like capture this and feel like it's something, you know, you take a lot of pictures and there's a lot of things to choose from and a, different ways um, to create a piece. So to like, to be there and to feel like this is something I want to translate into a painting. And then for the people who are in it to see it and know it and know that it was them and know that the whole vibe of the night and the place was like in, in line. Um, that was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, is, that cool. is very unique. Wow. Yeah, That's yeah, a cool story. It was very random, but very cool. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I think we talk a lot about how the internet can like, 
you know, expose people to a lot of things they maybe shouldn't see at a young age or like the negativity of it and blah, blah, blah. But like, what we don't talk about is that it makes these awesome connections possible. I mean, mm-hmm. not just the story you told, but obviously your marriage and like, yeah, it's just crazy. So I mean, there's so many people out there and it just enables you to meet yeah. like simple, more like-minded people. I mean, before the internet, you would have to really do some digging conversationally to like, you yeah. might meet, you might meet a ton of people in real life and not even realize you had something in common, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you were talking a lot about that too, Sebastian, about how, you know, like when you were younger, you were feeling kind of like a, there was that outsider element to, to, and I feel very much the same way as well. I'm quite an introverted individual, so I have a hard time meeting people a lot of the time. And uh, I feel like, you know, with things like Instagram, social media, internet, you know, things like this, for instance, you know, we can all connect with the groups of people that have that same passion or you know we can each like grow from each other and that's that's awesome this is awesome (laughs) totally yeah yeah and i think that like it's like for anyone listening i would strongly suggest just get out and do it like you don't realize you don't have to go be famous to uh meet people online and like change your life you know like you can me, for example, like I, I had to give up my career in New York City and like move back with my parents a few years ago because I was dealing with some health stuff. Not too dramatic. It just was too hard to deal with New York and, yeah. you know, all that at the same time, New York's already a hard place to live. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so like at the time I was like, I went from, imagine going from New York City to the suburbs, you know, where like everyone's either older or younger than you. Mm-hmm. And really fast i was able to find on facebook like a music group and make friends in there and like mm-hmm. i still haven't met most of them in real life but like mm-hmm. we've made some real memories together and like you know bonded just on our common love of certain albums and stuff and like so for any of you out there like don't don't wait to be a big time social media personality to meet people like you can reach out right now and find some friends who are just like you you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Definitely. good. That's really good point. Yeah. yeah. Sebastian always encourages me to do that too. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm always like working, you know, I'm always on my computer. Uh, in that way, I feel similar to you, artists, because like I'm alone a lot, like on my computer in my office. But yeah, Sebastian's like, you should make some marketing friends on Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So anyone listening, actually, I'll put this out there. Anyone listening, send me an email and I will screen it and send it to Andrea, color by Felix pod ah! at gmail.com. If you're somebody who is not, yeah. if you're somebody who's looking for a friend and not a business connection and you're a business type person and you can just relate, send me an email and I'll screen it. Yeah. And you want to be friends with Andrea. (laughs) And that's the problem is like, because also like when you have a platform, like people don't also realize that it's like, um, cause it's like you have the platform and you, you want to share information, but at the same time, like people are like coming to you for that, you know, it's like kind of, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Trying to filter through. Yeah. It's there. There's some challenging times that we're navigating for sure um the the blurred lines between virtual and real and boundaries bound, yeah, bound, <laughs> yeah boundaries. exactly yeah, yeah. that's absolutely a really really good point i think the boundaries mm-hmm. yeah 
you know, like it's, it's great. I, I love certain elements of the social media and being available, but there's also, you know, things that are like, well, you know, this is not really an area that I want to share or talk about or, you know, like, yeah. I was going to ask you guys about that too. Like how, how has it been like since focusing more on art, like on social media and stuff, like, um, I guess not only with like with sales and stuff, like how it's helped your career, but also, um, navigating, like how to use these platforms to promote your art and stuff. How has it been going for you guys? I think, um, over these past few years we've kind of gotten more consistent and I think that's helpful because I think like social media can be overwhelming and there can be a lot of pressure when you you read about it and you're given certain advice of like how often you should be posting or sending an email or doing this and that and I think like for me and for us like we'd like to do like more, but then it's also like realizing what is feasible and then just landing on something that's doable and consistent, mm-hmm. I think is a good approach. Um, one one <laughs> thing that I, I've actually drawn a lot from Felix, like with your uh, online presence, you're bringing out your personality mm-hmm. in a lot of like your posts. So like your sense of humor is is really good like it's really it's, it's, yeah, it's really thank you very much no, you wouldn't tell from this interview but <laughs> you got a lot of serious yeah yeah well, I, i'm sorry i took the serious tone today <laughs> but not like your sense of humor is like fantastic and i like it comes through in your creativity and and the post and i think it's like i i draw from that in the sense that it's like important to you know, just be authentic in, in the way that you're posting so that it's enjoyable as, as opposed to being like um, work, you know, and, yeah. and, and, and looking at the social media side of things as being like, this is just a different um, angle or a different like part of my personality that I think is fun to, to exercise and to play with and, and, and just kind of compartmentalize it that way. Yeah. Yeah. I think that first of all, thank you. Um, I think it's so important to include those things with, because oftentimes we can get so focused on, because actually when you're painting, you're so focused, you're actually serious, you know, you're serious, you're trying to most of the time. So, but like, you're also this other person after you're done painting, you know? And, um, and, and I think like what I've learned over the years is like trying to just, put those two together you know like kind of similar like what i'm doing like i when i used to paint landscapes and i still do but mm-hmm. i like to do abstract as well it's mm-hmm. kind of two people you know like uh and then you just kind of try to combine them and have fun with it you know and i think that's so important because that helps me to keep going you know when i include those things because like if i were just to focus on one specific area like the seriousness of it i feel like uh like I'm only feeling the 50% of that, you know, and then I like, but if I include the other 50, which is goofing around, you know, then I'm like, yeah, I'm already there. You know, like I can, I can create and have fun with this, you know, that's a great point. Cause I feel like, yeah, over time, if you, if you start your platform off around a more like persona version of yourself, you know, instead of the real thing, it's like, that's when it becomes exhausting. And that's when it feels like a job. And I think that's what people don't realize about, content creation because everyone here does content creation Mm -hmm. is like 
they don't realize just how, how much work goes into it and how tiring it can be over time to be consistent like that. And so mm-hmm. it's like, you might as well do a version of yourself that's really authentic. But at the same time, it's like you were saying, Emily, with boundaries, it's like, don't feel like you have to give everything away. You know, yeah. we don't all, we don't all have to be the Kardashians mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and, and monetize, monetize every aspect of our personal yeah. lives. You know, like you're allowed to keep some for yourself and just, but you can still put forth a version of you that is real mm-hmm. yeah. without sharing it all. You mm-hmm. know? No, that's right. good. So- I think for me too, what's been helpful is like, I think earlier on, I tried to kind of write in a style that wasn't as natural to me and try to like, and I spend a little bit too much time like trying, I think even actually probably to share more than I do now. And one thing that's really helped me is just to like take my style of writing and that's what it is. And that's how my posts are going to be shared. So I tend to be more like straightforward to the point and journalistic, I would say. And then like Mike is very poetic and Mm. and deep. You can probably hear that in this. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Um, so like, I think that's really helpful. So like, in addition to being consistent and choosing some, like doing something that's attainable for yourself that you can manage is, and then how you're putting that out there. Yeah. Just to make it, you know, in line with what is most natural to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's so I true. Think that through too. Cause if you keep trying to do something, that's not mm-hmm. really who you are, mm-hmm. it's not, you're not going to probably be able to keep that up very long. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. That's I, you wanted to say something. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, I can't remember where I heard it. It's just really quick. Um, but someone was talking about this and how like creators get burnout and stuff. And I think they're saying, I can't remember exactly what they said, but they were saying that that happens usually when you're trying to do something that's not in line with like who you are or your personality and you keep going with it, even when you know, like in, in the back of your mind or like in your heart, that it's not like who you really are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> I saw this really great quote today, of course, on TikTok, just scrolling. And um, it was that rapper Nipsey Hussle who died recently right and he was very like successful even just outside of rap like he just really understood business and everything um but and was like an active member of his community and stuff like that and creating opportunities for a lot of people but like he was just saying don't chase the fans like be yourself like you were saying it's going to make you tired if you chase the fans if you're trying to predict trends and you're trying to be that person who's on top of it and doing what's going to get you the most attention you won't get the kind of attention you want he said it's much better to be yourself and let the fans find you Mm -hmm. you know that's That's how you build something that lasts so Mm -hmm. we're actually coming towards time right now but i just feel like with Felix and then with Emily and Mike I just feel like with your different styles this would be an interesting question that I want to hear is like Felix you are so grounded in nature with your work right most of your if you just took a percentage of your body of work there's so much of it is based in nature and then Emily and Mike you guys are have done so much with cityscapes so I just wanted to hear from both of you guys like where where you find beauty in nature versus where you find beauty in cities you know and just because it obviously exists in both places. There's a lot of beautiful art being made by all of you. Mm-hmm. I guess like for like 
for us, so we live in Vancouver. So like this is our immediate surrounding is the city. Um, and I think for me, it's, I, I kind of think it's a little bit fun to find something maybe beautiful or slightly quirky that could be overlooked um, mm-hmm. and then kind of make it like show it from this perspective that um, one might not think of like, oh, that would be a great painting. Um, so yeah, some for me, it's finding things that are overlooked and then creating something beautiful from that. Um, and then then like in a literal sense, like I really enjoy the different uh, lights within a city and how it interacts with everything around it. Um, so in Vancouver, there's a fair number of like neon lights. So those are really neat. There's some like old street lights that have like a really yellow glow that are pretty cool mixed mm-hmm. with like the stores or street or sorry, headlights. Um, so I guess the variety of light sources within a city, I think can um, be really interesting for, you know, thinking about painting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's cool. Mm-hmm. What about you, Mike? What? What's your, where do you find the most beauty in cityscapes? Um, so because of my job is uh, oriented around looking at a two-dimensional screen and interpreting the space three-dimensionally, uh, I'm really fascinated with like how space is occupied and how, how like people ultimately have made these structures and these roads and these bridges and how all of these different structures interact with one another to represent uh, the space that we're occupying. And it's something that I'm really fascinated with. So it's, it's, it's like when I'm painting, I feel like I'm kind of sculpting uh, the three-dimensional in two dimension. And it's yeah. really a fascinating way for me to kind of explore uh, space in my mind as well as in two dimensions so mm, that's cool that's, cool. that's really, really cool. cool yeah especially i love hearing how like beneath a lot of artists it's like your life experiences you know what i mean it's like mm. at, the, at the end of the day like you can look on the servant and say oh these are two different people and they're both painting something but mm-hmm. what got them to that painting is so different yeah. and so mm-hmm. informed by the yeah. thought process is so insanely different yeah yeah, yeah. And what about Felix? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I, yeah, I think I, I grew up in the more of like the, like the, not in the city, you know, growing up in um, more farm, there's cows, pigs, you know, chickens. Mm-hmm. And so I've always seen landscape landscapes like this, you know, like hills and trees. And I guess what catches my attention is the shapes of those things, you know, and I mm-hmm. kind of look at the shape of a tree, a shape of a, a landscape that is, far far distance and and up close and how big it is and and just kind of combine those things and play with them you know and um i'm still experimenting a lot and but i really appreciate even the city you know lights like you were saying emily like the the reflection of the light the way it hits the the windows and it's reflecting back and and it gives interesting um uh shapes when you look through the window and then the reflection from the window and then just the window itself, it's just so much detail. So like, I appreciate that too. So it's like, 
I feel like why I guess I was doing more landscapes is because I kind of grew up in that area. Like Sebastian, mm-hmm. you were saying, like our experiences, you know, mm-hmm. um, what we're around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what we're around. Yeah. And and I feel like artists tend to like want want to share it somehow, right? We want to like kind of share that what the surrounding and the things that inspired us, yeah. and we kind of want to put it out there in in in, in a unique way, you know, in that. Um, and uh, yeah, and just have fun with it. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I wanted to ask you also. I know Sebastian said the last final question. No worries. There's, there's a there's a we, there's so much to ask, but just yeah. one one more, I guess. Um, do you guys have any kind of encouragement or any kind of final words for the listeners or anything that maybe an artist or or a person who's just starting out in that art journey? Do you guys have any kind of last words for them? Yeah. Um, So for me, I would say to beginning artists or somebody starting um, their journey to to encourage them, I would just say to keep practicing and be dedicated and hardworking and you'll see the growth. Um, And and I guess it's like, um, you know, it's nice to be where you've had many, many hours behind you. you know, it's nice, but enjoy these beginning hours and the excitement of um, trying something and putting yourself out there is is really great. Um, So yeah, I would just encourage them to keep practicing and keep painting and keep being hardworking. Um, Mm. That's how you're going to to move forward. (laughs) That's good. Thank you. Mike? Mike? Okay, well, I would say that that to be for an artist to be not taking it too seriously, um, that that one painting does not ultimately define you. Mm. It's it's like a book is not made up of just one page. A book is made up of many, many pages that kind of flow together to tell a story. And I feel like ultimately this is like a painting career is um, many, many paintings and it's the process and it's the, the pursuit of, of this, this uh, amazing uh, outlet that we have an opportunity to explore and just enjoy it. Have mm-hmm. fun. Mm, that's good. How about, how about you? <laughs> No, I, I, I agree with you guys. I think it should be one step at a time, you know, totally. I think it's, it's just, you know, I think it's important because a lot of artists, especially in the beginning, I was looking for that kind of inspiration or like encouragement. Mm-hmm. And uh, like me and my family growing up, they didn't really, we grew up in kind of working construction and, and focusing on the realistic kind of jobs and mm-hmm. which is fine, you know, but like art was like not really, so a lot of people, I even had some questions where they're like, hey, my family is not supportive. What do I do? You know, how do, how do I find like they, they don't really support me and I just don't I feel alone, you know. Mm-hmm. And so like any kind of encouragement, I feel like helps them, you know, pr- move on forward and kind of helps push that, you know. Uh-huh. And uh, so I appreciate your guys, uh, you know, answers. And again, thank you guys for being here. Seriously, it was really thank awesome. You. To- yeah, I love so meeting you guys. Yeah. It was great. Yeah. I feel like this awesome is such an honor. Yeah, beautiful yeah. paintings, by the way. Who did those? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> oh, behind us. This is Mike's here. And then right there. <laughs> Sorry. And that yeah. one's right over there? 
Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool. cool. Yeah. Ooh, thank Amazing. you. Cool, That's guys. Cool. For a long time. Yeah, I know. Gosh. Well, let us know if you are uh, ever finding yourselves in Vancouver. Yeah, so yeah, absolutely. They're super close. Yeah, yeah. For yeah. sure. And you guys, if you ever come to Puerto Rico, <laughs> yeah. we'll let you know. Yeah. Come visit us. <laughs> no, I think we, we would have lots of great conversation. Yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I know. I feel like we could get into some real deep topics I for know. a few hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, thank thank okay. you so much for this. Yeah, take care. Well, I'm going to quickly just, <clears throat> I'm going to quickly close this out. <laughs> okay. Thanks guys so much for watching. Thank you, Mike and Emily for being here this week. Thanks for tuning into the Cali by Felix podcast. Can you guys also share your handles one last time with the audience? Yeah, so mine is Emily Fantus and my name is spelled E-M-I-L-I-E. Fantus is F-A-N-T-U-Z. Okay. And I'm Mike Fantus. Perfect. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in this week. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to give them a follow and rate this episode wherever you're listening. Hope to see you next time. Thanks, Thanks. everyone. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.